Color what? I don't know. I kind of <laughs> like the gray. I've got a significant amount of gray. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking. But it's just I can't see well, you. See, it's, see, it's so blinding. The <laughs> the thing is, I've always had like bright blonde streaks in my hair. So, so, it does so run with that. Tend now, to mask the gray, but but now lean into the blonde. Lean into the blonde. Yes, frost that bitch. Frost oh, those tips. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just kind of wonder if I'm 90s. ever going to go... 90s. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of wonder if I'm ever going to go full gray, because like my grandmother never went full gray. Hmm. It was always salt and pepper. I think you need to choose colors. In fact, do I choose one? Half blue, half green. They, they fade so fast, though. Yeah, well, and the that, weird thing is, like, my that, dad... And that's a good thing, Jeff. It fades fast, so that way, if you don't like it, it'll go away quick yeah, and but try a new one. one. He's got one of those jobs. He can't do that. Oh, I could yeah. do it. Oh, he but, can do I it. Mean, so, yeah, yeah, okay. So, there it is. Blue. Well, go blue. Go blue. You can do it. You but, can uh, do it. I don't I don't think you can. I think you didn't read that part of the manual. Shock monkeys, uh-huh. write to us. Comments at geekshockpodcast.com. Oh, my God. What colors hair should Jeff have next? That's uh. tier six, folks. Tier <laughs> <laughs> six. 70s refrigerator puke green. $200 oh, God, no. a month. Burnt and orange. you get to vote on Jeff's monthly hair color. No guarantee that he'll do no, it. Monthly? But you get to vote. Jesus. <laughs> monthly. Monthly. Well, it's a rainbow. It's a, it's a Kofi, so it's got to be monthly. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Don't let the man stop you. <laughs> Rainbow. The man. Barry, the man Barry. stop you. Every month is a stripe. Oh, and it just It'll adds fade, to it. Yeah. You won't it, that, you won't that's carry okay. it over. That's okay because that's what manic panic That's is for. when he goes back to that stripe. <laughs> yeah. That he completes the row and then he goes back to where it's faded. And every month we take a picture and after 8 years we put those pictures all together there you into go. a stop motion thing and we see the beautiful color cascade that is Jeff's hair. Yes. And it'll get like 80 likes. <laughs> and that's it. After eight years, if that yes. many, yeah. eighty-one, and they're After all eight years. It's the same ten people. Just, just it's Pat Spurl setting up some kind of random account so he can just like multiple times. <laughs> I know you, Pat. You do that. Welcome, folks, to Geek Shack number six hundred and seventy-five. I'm Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander K. Blarg. And Depp. And we're here to talk Week and Geek. Uh, we have a, a re- change in venue. We're back at Commander K's house, which means that we have another member rejoining us, and that's Kit. Hi, Kit. Yeah, he left. Get tired of your shit. <laughs> way, way, yeah. to, way to sell the radio there, K. That's <laughs> <laughs> He was all up in our he business left. and then all of a sudden just decided, yes. yep, I'm done with you guys. I think it's because I pet him and he didn't want me to pet him. It was weird because uh. he was sitting there. He was closest to Deb, but mm-hmm. he wasn't looking at any of us. No. She pet him and he just got up and it's went upstairs. because he was slightly twitching his tail. So uh. I could tell he was in that, I want to be around you all, but I don't want you to touch me right so now. So if yeah. you could mic Kit up and he had a human voice and human accent, what would he sound like? I want to go outside. <laughs> like like, like a whiner? Outside. Like like on a I loop. I want to go outside. Did you say didn't you say like he was really wanting to go outside when it was super windy? Yeah. Yeah. He was going nuts. He was, was just yesterday, he right? He was yeah. I mean, he was ready. He was uh it was really funny. Uh Maple Leaf actually dropped something off here several days ago and he brought along Meg. Uh-huh. And uh Kit of course was in the uh, front window. And we were meeting outside, and Meg was looking at him, and then he was looking at Kit, 
And then uh, we was like, well, can we bring him up to the window? We weren't going to open the door or anything. But he opened the gate and Kit disappeared. <laughs> so Maple Leaf got Meg in the car. Meg we, is a dog for people who don't you know. You know, the audio cable Meg, guys. Yes. Who? Uh, but uh, they took off. And then I get inside the house and Kit is dead center down here where he has equal field of view to every corner of the house <laughs> his tail is three times bigger than usual oh, yeah. puff yeah yeah and he was just like looking around like is it still there is it still there <laughs> it's like deb after a horror movie <laughs> <laughs> like i can't sleep nope mm-mm, not mm-mm. it was funny clown will eat me. Yeah. can't sleep clown will eat me oh man but it was funny but uh it was really, it's it's really interesting. I don't know if it's him being an indoor cat or what, because remember the uh, the accidental dog I had for about a weekend. Yes, right. Uh, I kept that dog in the TV room and let him out, and Kit gradually crept into the room and sat on the counter and watched him. And actually, at one point, the because the dog was having a problem and got sick, threw up on the floor, and Kit was actually calling me. No. Like, meh, meh, you know, come here. And he's actually like, he was getting close enough to touch just when I took the dog into uh, the animal control, to the mm-hmm. Henderson animal control. A very good place, folks. Don't worry. No kill shelter. The dog got a, a forever home, apparently. Yay. It also had a blockage, so it got surgery. It, it, it's all taken care of. We were all concerned <sighs> about this dog from years ago. Well... <laughs> Boy, that's Barry's story, right? It really there. is. <laughs> Such a bleeding heart, that one. Oh yeah. So you know what, Kofi members, tier three and above, it's time to give away mini. I, I finished uh, what apparently has been dubbed the Maple Leaf <laughs> Matt miniature, which is this big dude in a leather smock who's got his arms cut off and's got claws instead. And yeah, but what's the miniature? Put up, bump, ah. But uh, I'm really proud of this one. I, I've, uh, this one turned out great. So uh, whoever wins this one, I hope you enjoy it as well. Uh, Vlar, go ahead and pull one out. Uh, I need some music. All right. Ready. Go. Address is updated on the Kofi. I will be sending that to you shortly. Uh, now the uh, next mini has been chosen. Uh, so for those who are th- tier three and up, the next mini is going to be from the Star Wars Legion uh, miniature game, and it's not going to be one of the regular figures. It's actually a stormtrooper on a dewback. So, so it's a really, really cool mini, can, can and it's really win? large. Can we win? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. Those affiliated with the show are not allowed to be. God damn it! What if we? What if we pay? Well, you, <laughs> if you send oh, me a mini pay, and give me pay, money, pay. I will make it work. We're always paying. <laughs> now that I open for commissions, yes, we can work something out. Oh, and uh, by the way, all, all of our Kofi members. Uh, Please make sure that your addresses are updated. Even if you think they are, please double check for us because yes. you never know when we're going to send you something random and somebody <laughs> other than you might get that random thing that it, you might want. It, it might have already happened. <laughs> yes. But well, that's okay because we got a new fan, right? Yeah. Right? Sort of. Maybe. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> hey, new fan who got something from us randomly. Right. 
at comics <laughs> at Geek Show uh, Geek Show Pod <laughs> Geek Show Pod. Do you know Shot where you God. are right now? Podcast. I think, I think the change in scenery is throwing him off completely. It's, it's, it's messing with his brain. Man. It's not only that, but he mistake mistook it with an actual other show. Yes. It's <laughs> <laughs> another show. Craziness. Really? Yeah. Uh, the Geek Show. Really? There you go. Free advertising for you. You're welcome. Write us a check. I don't know. I don't know. No idea. You just right. answered your own question in like whatever. It's I don't fine. Know. <laughs> So that being said, and that given away, what geeky things did we do this week? Deb, we're starting with you. Well, I got some video game time, actually, Ooh. recently. And um, I have had Ori and the Will of the Wisps in my Steam list for months and months and months and months. And I noticed that it was available on Game Pass for Xbox. So I downloaded it. I... I'm enjoying this game, but it's also one of those super infuriating platformer. It's a platformer. Aha. And like, it's gorgeous. It is so gorgeous. The art is done really well. Um, but sometimes because things are, you know, it's not like the classic 8-bit platformer where you can really tell where you're supposed to go and what you're supposed to do. The artwork in the background, sometimes you're like, shouldn't I be able to jump on that thing? But you can't. And then you keep dying. And you keep dying. And you keep dying. So... And there's scenes where you have to like run away from creatures and you are trying to just like jump on things and uh-huh. hang from things before you die because you're just trying to run away. There is apparently an achievement in this game that you can get if you don't ever, you can finish the game without dying. I, <laughs> I guarantee nobody in the world has gotten that fucking achievement on this game. There's no way. I no watched fucking this. way. No. A couple of times I got close to throwing the remote. It was bad. I know. Oh, oh my. <laughs> I was watching you. I was ready to pounce and try and grab it midair. <laughs> 50-50 chance I'd be able to do it, but hey, worth a shot. You mean shot. like the dive in front of the TV? No! <laughs> no, I wouldn't dive in front of the TV because then I would have an excuse to buy a new one. Oh. TV, but yes, the remotes. We have <laughs> we have so many remotes in the Sam house right now. And I'm glad you clarified that. <laughs> <laughs> he wants a new TV because for the living room, it's not... It doesn't, doesn't display black correctly. Oh, it's horrible. It's weird. Mm. TV shows, any TV show movie where it's low light or no light... You can't. You, you barely see anything. It's, really? have, it's goofy. It's also it's our oldest television. At this point, it's like twelve years old almost. Okay. So it's for a Yo, new positively te- ancient. Like, well, for yeah. nowadays for TVs, it right. kind of is. That's true. So, but anyway, yeah. So, or in the will of will of the west came out in twenty twenty. Um, so the, at least I have also lots of wikis and things to look at when I get stuck because for the life of me, I'm trying to figure out how the hell I'm supposed to get way up there when he doesn't jump that high and I can't run on these walls or click on these things. Anyway, it's a really enjoyable. I'm having fun. It's a good game. <laughs> I am angrily having fun. I, I am. am. I'm furious. I am. But he's hate loving it. I sit it. there with her, watch her play this, bite my tongue when I desperately want to go, why don't you go over there? Why don't you do that? Like, nope, nope, just let it happen. And I see her her seething anger, these red hot embers of eyes, and then she's just immediately to YouTube. And of course, you know, you go, hey, what's up, everyone? Like and subscribe. It's your boy. Let me tell you about this thing. Oh. <laughs> I and hate then, that so much. Yes. But then she'll so, get it. That's, I have found oh, a couple gosh. that don't talk at all. You, they just show like them playing the game, and so I tended to look at those. A lot of times yeah. I just mute it. Like If I have to find a video on YouTube for an instructional, I just mute it and just wait. And I'm like, okay, this is exactly where I'm at right now. Okay, what does he do? What does he do? Like, oh, okay. Well, that seems simple enough. 
and then just don't even finish the rest of the video. But man, the ugh, you you nailed that, Barry. The the voiceover shit, the, the like and subscribe, and then go right into the sponsor. Smash <laughs> that like button. I, yeah. lo- I love when Jeff goes old man on YouTube. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking well, here's me. the funny thing: is like when I did the the YouTube premium subscription so that I could get all the ads, it made the experience so much better. Until I realized that there's so many in-video ads yeah. from sponsors nowadays, and it's all the same, like, five. It's, like, uh, Raid, fucking... Raid Shadow Raid Legends. Shadow Legends. <laughs> Raid Shadow Legends. It's fucking DraftKings, Manscaped. Uh, Jesus, what was the one? The, uh, NordVPN. Oh, God. Um, God damn it. I'm blanking on the fifth wow. one that I see all the time, and it's just so aggravating because it's like, can you find a different sponsor? The worst has got to be Linus Tech Tips because he has like four or five sponsors ah. per video. Wow. Well, obviously, these are the ones that pay the best to YouTubers, so now, that's why they do them. No, to be fair, to be fair, fair huh? the one nice thing that Linus Tech Tips has done is uh, you can do the chapter skip stuff, and they've chaptered out now the uh, the sponsor section, so you can basically skip ahead to the content. Okay, so what's the problem? So that's... But not everybody does that. And that's you gotta, the thing. you gotta work. Oh, you gotta, God. you gotta move your finger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Not, Nerdforge, she always does hers right in the middle of her video, but uh. she does that too. So it's like she's, she'll tell you, and then we'll be right back because now I got to do my little tiny bit for my, sp- and then you can jump right over it. But yeah. right. I love speaking of ads, but this this geek shock's brought to you by Roundup no, Candy that, Cigarettes. No, it isn't. <laughs> no. The real taste of it's, beef gelatin. It absolutely is not. <laughs> no. Mm, beefy candy. But I do want to go de- de- right now. I absolutely understand hate play. Yes. Through and through. And anybody that's played a Metroidvania knows hate play. I think it's, I think it should be called hate loving because that's what Barry basically said. No, she's, hate loving is basically what Barry has. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. But no, also another good thing is it saves, it auto saves frequently. So oh, that's if nice. I need to just like drop right now, I pretty much can. I don't have to be like, wait, let me get to the next waypoint. Oh so I can my God, my I game. hate that. Because that next point is always after the absolute worst. Yes. And like five, Big Boss or something. Five or ten minutes of playing after the last mm. one. I have forgotten to save the game in Skyrim during shit that was really tough and then got, <laughs> and died and come to something stupid. Come back and I'm like, I'm way back there. And I have rage quit for literal like six months. Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to go back and repeat that. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck that. I've been playing the Callisto Project on Xbox. That's the uh, Dead Space clone that's out yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. It's an all right game. But for the most part, it has decent autosave. But there's been a few parts where there's a part that I just bash my head against it. And when I fail out, I have to go back to this way back to this area oh. where I have to where I have to go and spend the credits on the gun I need to <clears throat> buy the thing to go fight these things again. It's maddening. <laughs> wow. So hate play. Yes. Uh, unlike hate loving. <laughs> which which I, I believe is a Doobie Brothers song. Okay. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. What else did you do, Deb? Um we finished hunters so hunters. i don't know if, yes oh, i don't yes. know season two season, yes, two season two i'm still like four or five episodes away so, so don't can spoil i spoil anything for me i won't but my biggest thing is i love the second season yeah it's so much better than the first I, season. i agree like, i agree everything the writing the acting everything is better and it's disappointing because it's the last season yep they canceled it 
very unceremoniously. Right. And, and you, you can, can tell. You can kind of feel it in, I don't know if you've gotten there yet, but you can kind of feel that they're building, they want to tell more story towards the beginning of the season, but then they get to an episode and it's just like fast forward really quickly through a lot of content. Oh my God. Yeah. They did at least get to finish. They got to finish the story, but it was very rushed for a two season story. Um, but I really, like if they had made that the first season, like the second season, they would have gotten more seasons. Period. Hands yeah. down. It, the second season is very enjoyable to watch. Well, and not to mention they, they dropped the second season with basically no fanfare. Right. It was just there. And I didn't know that it was out until I was in Prime Video. And it was like the second or third thing that that uh, drops in the in the, the top of the screen where it's, well, at least on the... Uh, uh, the YouTube TV app, or the excuse me the the Google TV app, it just it'll run through all the different highlighted things, and it was like the third thing, and I'm like, oh, second season is out, so yeah, yeah. So definitely, if you have never watched it, I definitely suggest watching it. Just make sure you get through the first season so you can enjoy the second because the second season is totally worth it. And I don't even think the first season's that bad. I enjoyed the first season a lot, but I do agree with you that the second season is better. It's been way more spot on, yeah. yeah. And and I agree because otherwise we wouldn't have watched the second season. Obviously, right. I enjoyed it, but it moved a lot slower. The pace was just, it was totally different. The feel of the show and the writing was different. It is just a totally different yeah. feel this time. It's very good. And the second to last episode is awesome okay. like the, i'm looking forward to it it's it's really it's done very well so hunters totally totally watch it all right on amazon anything else Deb? um no i turn it over to you your worst half barry what'd you do <laughs> best half okay uh shut it you know i really didn't do actually a whole lot uh i just kind of had my nose to the grindstone working just, wait 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 you work now sometimes occasionally Oh, okay. At work, at work, yeah. Um, did happen, and while I work, I have another monitor, so I threw on Ip Man, and Ip Man 2, and Ip Man 3, and Ip Man 4. I went through the whole... I went through the whole thing. Um, it's... It's all right. Just checking. It's... Uh, the first one was good, but the other three were kind of cheesy. Like, really cheesy. I'd never watched them before. A great kung fu. It's all Wing Chun, the same stuff, because he was the teacher of Bruce Lee. But oh, uh, Wing Chun. <laughs> no, not no, Wang no. Chung. Oh my God, I love it, Everybody Jeff. Everybody, Wang Chung. Thank you for putting that in my head. Yeah, so tell me about uh, Mr. Chung's dance all days. <laughs> uh, no, I won't. Jabba, what is Jabba doing here? What you just you... did? Oh, 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 well, let me tell you what just happened. Uh, let's not. Let's continue on, Barry. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, fine. Because it's not the first time that Todd has sent the wrong message to the wrong person. I sent, yeah, I sent it to my wife, uh, and I sent it to the group instead. And, and this is not like, the, remember the last time? It yes. was a whole big thing. Yes. It's and fine. I, I kind of want to put it on a t shirt. But we're gonna let it go. Yeah, I think actually a treat T-shirt is a great idea. Just do it as a little text message bubble. <laughs> you know? Oh yeah, and just screenshot my text. I still yeah. have it in there. That's why I never want to get rid of this. Oh, phone. absolutely. Ever. <laughs> I, I, we no, no details, folks, because Todd's a modest man. <laughs> but if all of the cast of Geek Shock comes down with diabetes. It's because of these texts. <laughs> He's a sweet boy. I'm very, very, very sweet. It's so, really uh, yeah, it man. At least you've never had to dictate one when he's uh, not able to type on his own. 
He's like, tell her this. And I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> are you fucking serious? <laughs> when when he was <laughs> what? Oh. When, when he was under the influence, take influence a message, Miss Jones. Ken- Sweet pie, I love you so much. Oh, it was when, way he, more was, than when that. he was down the K hole. Yes, <laughs> and when you didn't send the, that to me I, too. No, 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 no. I sent it to the right person. Oh, uh, you just, shouldn't it, have. It, it was just the typing of it all. It was just so syrupy. So going really? I'm just like, are you serious right now? I had no idea he was this sappy. Oh, oh, dude. Oh, I'm a sap romantic. Sir. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I know that now. <laughs> I didn't know that 20 years ago. <laughs> Sapomantic. Hence why you know I never loved you that way. Uh, <laughs> it may. I would hope not. <laughs> Save us, ta- uh, uh, you. Yes, yes. Forget uh, my fucking name. Yeah. I got so many of them. Yes, you could have used any of them. Uh, Wang Chung, let's go. Wang yes. Chung, let's go. Watch it, man. The, the first one's really good kung fu. The, the next three, come on. He fights Mike Tyson. Like, really? Come on. It, yeah, but so that's much. cool. Donnie Yen. Yeah, Donnie Yen. You can't go wrong with Donnie Yen. Oh, but, Donnie Yen. Oh, the... Mm, movies, no. But the other thing I did was uh, we finished the uh, the Geek Shock uh, Hot Dog Open on Board Game Arena. Yes, I did well. Yes, I'm sure you did not. <laughs> you barely fucking played. I got third place in my own tournament. That was pretty good. Ah, good. Yeah, yeah. And the next one that's open is the Potato Salad Open. We're going to be playing Seven Wonders Architects. You don't have to be part of the. You don't even have to be part of the Kofi. You just join up. Just look for it and There's join a it. lot of people that joined that from random people from all over. Oh, yeah, I opened it to everybody. Yeah, it was, uh, no, what, how many people were in that tournament? It was just a 64 player tournament. Yeah. I wow. 64 because uh, it's just easier with a smaller, smaller tournament, and that is a smaller tournament. Sure. But I just made it single elimination. There are some games like Can't Stop where they have, where you got to play six games to, to advance. It takes forever. It's a lot of games to play, but they're fun. So, in fact, that's probably the game we're going to do next after that. Uh <laughs> huh. I like that game. It's fun. It's easy. It's something to do. Like every few hours, you check your phone. Oh, look, it's time for me to make another move. It's turn-based. Or if you're Todd, every other day. My issue is I didn't, ever. Re- I didn't realize it started until <laughs> Barry's like, are you going to go? And I'm like, it's like three days later. I'm like, oh, it started? Okay. I better go check. I, don't I, I look at the bracket, and I'm like, there's one game that's being held up. I says, one fuck. And he's got like negative two hours on his time left. I'm like, oh, here we go. So that was that. That's so, all I did. So yeah, it helps to uh, be aware when the tournament starts. <laughs> yeah, it kind of does. Uh, this next one's going to start, I believe it's next Monday, the whatever, the 21st, I think it is, something like that. I don't know. Just go on Board Game Arena and look for a game, a tournament game named Geek Shock, and you'll see it. I like it. That's all I did. Jeff, what'd you do? Well, I did a couple of things, actually. So... Uh, I actually got to go see the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. I think that's, that's an interesting hilarious. choice. It oh, is. is that the one that just got its catalytic converter yeah. stolen here in yes. Vegas? Yes. I'm like, of all places <laughs> to get it stolen, it's in Vegas, of course. Uh, we have an uh, epidemic going right now in this town, people. <laughs> yeah, it's it's weird because it's in the news all the time. But I think it's because it's fear-mongering for old, the older people in this town. But that's a whole other story. Uh, but yeah, I I actually wanted to see it for a long time. And... It happened to be at a grocery store near my house uh, on Super Bowl Sunday, so I actually got to go see that. And uh, you know, while I was going to grab my my snacks and stuff, so that was really cool. What? Tell me about this experience. <laughs> I saw the Wienermobile. Did they serve hot dogs? They did not serve hot dogs. Well, what the fuck? 
but it is a neat photo opportunity. How but, many Wienermobiles are there, Jeff? I think there's like four or five. Okay. Wow. They're constantly traveling. Do any of them here. serve hot dogs? I no. think it depends on the event. Hmm. Do they? Um, can they? Because really so. they did four different events here in town, and this one, it just was in front of the Smiths. But, I mean, they were handing out coupons, but that's about the extent of... You know, the freebie stuff other than just getting your picture taken. You know, they probably don't because it's not a food truck. And yeah, they, they exactly. got to take this thing all around the nation. It's it's essentially a custom-built RV because inside of it, it's just got the, the, the RV, the captain's chair, RV chairs in it. Um, bathroom that's also yeah, a shower. Something like that. Uh, so, yeah, I so mean, the, it's not. People live in that. So there's four Wienermobiles. Uh, but there's only one Commander K. So seeing Commander K is actually a much more grander experience I, than the you Wiener know what? I He's a much bigger wiener. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and bonus, yes. I don't have a catalytic converter to be stolen. <laughs> see? There you go. Now, Jeff, when you take a catalytic converter from the Wienermobile, <laughs> uh-huh. do you crawl from the back? Do you go in the middle and then crawl under? How do you get there? It's under the mustard. I never go away my secrets, Kirsten. Oh, shit. I was hoping that I need some cash. Here's man. a question for everyone. Ketchup on a hot dog, appropriate or no? Yes. Depends. Barf. Depends on the, the, the situation. I put mayo on mine and very hates almighty. it. Now that's a fine idea. Well, did too. you used to live in Amsterdam? Nope. Yeah. If there are, there's relish and onions on it, I'm a happy camper. Yeah. From Mustard. there on, the sauces can vary. Mustard. Mustard's the mustard. primary. Um, you can put... Must be an East Coast thing, because anything relish. else is sacrilege. I, I only like mustard when I'm eating like a German hot dog. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. a... Yeah. Well, I mean, Bratwurst, I like, yeah. I, My favorite kind of hot dog is a Chicago dog, drag, drag through the garden. But it's all, that's just mustard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting you say that, too, because uh, up until I saw... Uh, the, the, uh, the Dirty Harry film, uh, where he talks about nobody puts... Ketchup on a hot dog. Which film is that? Nobody puts mustard in the corner. I, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> that might I, be the first. I never knew that that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. Because no, I growing either. up, it's like everybody put both, especially in Kansas and Missouri, it seems like everybody puts both ketchup and mustard on their hot dogs. Uh, the occasional relish uh, and occasionally onions, but it was always just ketchup and mustard. And then I remember seeing that and then finding out that, especially like people from New York, only put mustard on their hot dogs. They don't put mustard on it, or excuse me, ketchup on it at no all. Ketchup. And they get like angrily uh, furious if you put ketchup on your hot dog. I Gen- do. Generally, it's mustard and sauerkraut. Yes. And if it's anything else, I've even seen New Yorkers like get put off by relish. I didn't really? actually have relish on a hot dog. Until I was in college, I and don't I was like, with "Relish, this and is see, cool. I kind of like this." And see, that's the weird thing is, I never would associate sauerkraut with a hot dog oh, because wow. it was always for bratwurst. Wow, sauerkraut was always served yeah. with bratwurst. Yeah, yeah. So well, that bratwurst is, is yeah. a foreign hot dog. Well, I know, but I'm mean, I'm talking like your standard like American hot dog mm-hmm. shouldn't come with sauerkraut. Yeah. Shouldn't. Didn't. Wait, 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 whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, let me stop you right there. No, 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 no! You get sauerkraut I mean, on one of those, uh, those, uh, this, the boiled dogs. Yes, at the the, 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 the dirty guy water. with the cart, the, the subrette, the subrette cart. Yeah, 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 that guy. He pulls it out of the thing. He usually uses his now fingers. that is flavored seasoned mm-hmm. water. That's not yeah. just dirty yeah. hot dog water. No, that no. water finger has been water. around. No, no, no! For you a year. That. That's good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's like a bowl of brown. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. Yeah. Not so chunky. I'm, I'm guessing from your look on your face, Deb, you would ne- never eat at a hot dog cart. 
No, I've done. I've done. Oh, that. you have. Yeah, okay. but in California, like okay. these aren't things that I've oh, ever California, really noticed. Oh, where they serve fucking avocado on hot dogs. <laughs> so you're all gonna think I'm. You already know I'm weird. Anyway, um. So no. growing up, our hot dogs that my dad would make us, he'd grill them. You know, with your what? Dogs. Dags. 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 You always say dags. I know. I I don't it's know funny. why. Uh. Anyway, um, grilled on charcoal grill. Yeah. Put them just in a white bun. Did he cut the ends? Did he snip? Did he cut the ends a little so they don't like burst? No, because most time they would burst. They would just burst. Wow. <laughs> That's a little... a, you have a brisk for your bun. You, yeah, you got a little. <laughs> so, <laughs> did he like snip a, the tip? Like a fucking mafia guy with a cigar. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm really disappointed. A you didn't dog. mow the lawn, Barry. A hot dog <laughs> moil going around. Yeah. He's like, hot dog moil. Just gonna take a little off of the tip, okay? <laughs> That's what makes them kosher. Yes. <laughs> oh! <Go>! Points. <laughs> anyway. You were saying? White bun. Mayo. Fuck! Slice of American cheese. What in the half. shit? You put it in the bun and then you put the hot dog on top. It's good. Poverty With hot mayo. dog. What the hell is that? <laughs> I never had mayo on a hot dog until you start getting into these really crazy gourmet <laughs> hot dogs. She's all excited. Like, it's good. It's good. Did you wrap it in bologna too? <laughs> Sprinkle some Ritz on there. No. Bacon no. wrapped hot dogs are the bomb. Yeah, yeah no, that's that's a whole other thing. Were they that made is... out of spam? No. <laughs> Sprinkle Oscar it with Mayer bacon Mayer's. bits. Oh God. Well, now oh. that we've gotten completely off topic with the hot dogs thing. Don't get me started on hot dogs. You know I'm part of r slash hot dog. I joined Are that really? on, uh, on Reddit. It's great. Oh, my God. We talk about hot dogs. Okay, Sometimes he shows sure. me pictures. I'm like, what is that? It's like, <laughs> it's a work of art. Wow. wow. It's, it's like the skunk at uh, Galaxy Theaters. Yeah. What? They serve hot dogs and sausages there. Yeah. And the skunk is what? Uh, chocolate and peanut butter? It's something weird like that. What? Yeah. What? I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I just don't know what's on it. I, I was um, in my job. I'm researching uh, Denver, okay. and uh, part of my job is we talk about dining, and I had to do one fine dining and one low-end dining uh, place, and the low-end place that I got was... Was it a dog place? I don't shit, know it's something... Oh, I forget his name. It's like Joe's Biker Dogs, Okay. and this is a place that serves all sorts of hot dogs, like... All sorts, like rattlesnake, oh, bison, meat. exotic meats. Ooh, like I've had rattles used to do in Austin. <clears throat> I've had rattlesnake sausage, and that was amazing. Snossage? Yeah. Well, Snossages? you know. Snossages? I'm yeah. still lisping a little bit with the... He took it from the dog. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. No, exotic, exotic meats But yeah, rattlesnake yeah. Rattlesnake yeah. sausage. What, what, how, how was it? It was really good. Yeah. All right. yeah. There used to be this place in Austin they closed now. It was called Frank's, and they had all kinds of different hot dogs, and bratwurst, venison, whatever. And, God, they were amazing. Just some really interesting stuff. Sometimes, like, filled with, like, cranberry. I know. It's weird. Um, but it works. But you know what? They did have ketchup there for kids. <laughs> Ketchup is for kids. Ketchup belongs on hot dogs. Ketchup is for kids. Ketchup, ketchup does not belong dogs. on potatoes either. It has its place. Biker Gems Gourmet Dogs, there folks. It it's in uh, it's in Denver on the 16th Street Mall. So, 
Very, very interesting. You're All sorts welcome. of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Biker Gems, send the check to... Um, Geek Shack Podcast. Uh, P.O. Box. Now, uh, well, no. actually, we, we have an address. <laughs> what? Now, we have what? an address. I was we joking, stuff, Barry. We'll, we, we will wait, because I want to see what else you guys did this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, let's see. So, so far, Jeff has visited a car. Yes. I- <laughs> I mean, if you want to boil it down to that simplistic, <laughs> boil, sure. boil it. Wow, <laughs> points. That was intentional too. Uh, I, I actually did get to to do some uh, some catching up on my viewing. Uh, I I've been continuing um, Poker Face on Peacock. Uh, I'm really liking that. Uh, Natasha Leone is just really good in this role. It's it. Ver- I mean. I know Big said it, and I I said I stole it from him, but I'm going to repeat it. It is very much kind of like a modern day Columbo, just the way that she treats the actually, and then you know, she's like, but see, what's confusing me is that 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 whole attitude. I, I can see her doing Columbo now. I can yeah, see, I, can I know. See well, that. see, I think that might have been what they were going for initially, but then they just let it grow organically, and, and you know, she's definitely grown into the role in just like the the first handful of episodes. Um, what I also did get to do is, uh, I mentioned it a while back that they dropped season two of Warrior Nun. I find I binged, um, over the course of two or three days, the, the whole second season. And it really disappoints me that it's not going to get a third season. Really? Cause I couldn't, yeah. I still haven't finished the first season. I got through um, most of it and then I just, it just wasn't keeping my attention. I thought it well, sucked. Yeah. I mean, it just... And the thing that really does suck, though, is that the first season ends on a cliffhanger, and they really don't address much of it. In I mean, they kind of wash over it in the first episode of season two, which yeah. I hate when shows do that. But the rest of the the rest of the season two was was good, except that the final I it got obviously canceled after they had shot all the episodes. So the final episode. It's not so much a cliffhanger, but they leave all of the characters and where Things they're going open. in limbo. So especially especially the main character who's the uh you know The Warrior Nun. Yeah. She's <laughs> you really don't know what happens to her at the very end. That's all I'm just gonna say. In case anybody wants to watch it, I don't mm-hmm. want to spoiler uh spoiler it. But it's it's fun. Yeah. yeah Deb just, and I were just talking about uh we we actually ended up talking about Rome. Which okay, is yeah. just the opposite. Yeah, they mm-hmm. found out they were getting can- and that one they wrapped up. So, it whiplashed <laughs> you so damn yes, hard. It did. They, I've, I've I've come across a few shows that have been like that, where like mid season they find out yeah. they're being canceled, and so they try to pack in all the stuff that they were going to do the rest of that season and the next season to tie up uh, their you know their story arcs. So. I hate when that happens, but but at least at the you same get, they t- get yes. to do it. At yeah. least I get the satisfaction of knowing where they were going to go. It just sucks that it's so compressed. So, um, but those are the or Rome where it was a total yeah. disaster. Well, yeah, that, yeah. That, that it really was. Just, well, that that was the end of Rome. It was a total disaster, right? Uh, <laughs> he went there. That's a history uh, joke. Wow. Uh, but those Pompeii. those are the things <laughs> I got. <to> <laughs> <laughs> it was, but that was faster. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was a lot yeah. faster. Rome declined. They knew they were getting canceled. Slowly. <laughs> That's the one where everyone's in well, limbo, huddled around <laughs> themselves like, ah, what's going on? But anyway, that's that's the, the main things I did this week. <clears throat> uh, you know what? Here it is. First installment of Clockwork Torgo. I watched 
Escape from New York. Ooh. This yeah! Week. So thank you, Scoop, for sending that to me. Appreciate you so much for that. I can't wait to hear this one. Uh, so my thoughts on yeah! the first time ever watching, as a massive fan of John Carpenter, the last concert I have seen was John Carpenter. It's That's true. weird. Okay. Oh. It's true. He couldn't stop raving about that concert yeah, too, yeah. when he got home. It was fantastic. We see it John really Carpenter was. live do it. It's a great show. Okay, my thoughts on Escape from New York. It was uh, a, a mixed bag experience for me. Oh. Uh, one, undoubtedly John Carpenter. Yeah. I mean, the, as far as direction, yeah, you could not know who directed this and start in the first 15 minutes and go, oh, this is John Carpenter. John. Yeah. It is through and through. It's he does he it's it's something in the way he films low budget that just mm. really stands out. It, it's at at almost no point now in the later John Carpenter movies this uh, changed a little bit. But at no point in John Carpenter film am I not aware that I'm watching actors act, and this one very much so. Uh, when he does horror, it gets kind of lost a little bit. Like Halloween's very effective. It's probably of all the films of his that. I'm not watching Actors Act. Mm. It's it's a horror movie that is very believable. In, in this one, I'm watching a bunch of actors get together and tell themselves a story. And not wrong, nothing wrong with that. I actually enjoy that kind of experience. Uh, not, not stilted is not the right word, but uh, a uh, it it edges. And I think this is where uh, I haven't seen Escape from L.A. But I, I think this is where the difference is. This edges up to camp without actually crossing over into camp. Sure. But yeah, gets, that's good. But it gets sure. really close. Sure. Escape from L.A. jumped over that yeah, line. Yeah, exactly. Like, like they did a running jump to see how far they could Head get first. over the line. Yeah. Uh, what I thought was great about this film is I love the world that it builds. Mm, yeah. From the beginning, I am fascinated with what the world is supposed to be here. This uh, post-World War Three. Who's at war where? Why? There's a, a obviously a fascist government in charge, imperialistic government in charge. Uh, there's a rebel faction against that government. Uh, but that's all just kind of a line here, a line there. Nothing about this movie is about that. This movie is about the president's plane got uh, hijacked and was brought down in New York, which is now a massive penal colony with a wall around it. Yep. And Snake Pilskin, Pliskin, that's what I said. <laughs> they call me Snake. Uh, is arrested and going to be sent there, but because he has some sort of war credentials behind him, uh, they choose him to give him a pardon if he can find and remove the president within 24 hours. Fun, quick, easy plot point to bring you right in. Uh, I guess what I I didn't like so much about the film is that though that was the plot at, at no point was there really any characters and that includes snake they they i saw tropes lots of tropes uh but it was kind of like a one of those and maybe this was the point uh a a pulp cereal mm. uh like like one of the what's the uh that book that's kind of like the punisher but was written over the course of 400 novels over years. I can't remember. The Destroyer, was it? Sure. That's one of them. Anyway, uh, anyway it, it kind of felt like a chapter of that, mm -hmm. uh, where there, there's Snake uh, Pilskin, Pilskin was... Uh, Stillskin was... <laughs> Fige. A, a character of this 
massive novel set, and I just plucked one out of the library and read it. And a fascinating world, uh, but the character himself is just a tough guy. Yeah. And, and, and no more than that. I, I didn't, they, didn't, I, they didn't really build did, him up. They, right. they, they they say, "Oh, it's Snake Plissken. You should have heard of him. Right. You should have been I thought you were taller. Well, whatever." But but but, but nobody in the, the movie really had that. It's closest thing to a character in that film was probably Brain. Uh, that was probably the most yeah. fleshed out character. Harry Dean Stanton. Everybody else from uh, Lee Van Cleef. Everybody. Uh, Isaac Hayes. Right. Uh, Cabby. Cabby. Uh, Cabby. They, they, they were, I mean, entertaining, but no characters. They were all just tropes. Yeah, they're cardboard stand-ups. Yeah. Yeah. And and, and it really didn't need it. Uh, did I enjoy it? Of course I did. It's John Carpenter. It's John Carpenter going a little crazy. It's John Carpenter re- responding to the Nixon administration, basically. And uh, I, I enjoyed it. I, I, do I like other Carpenter films better? Definitely. Did you get a? Could you? Could you deal with the film quality? It it felt like I was watching those live action vignettes of kids in the inner city from Sesame Street in the early '80s, except dark. <laughs> okay, no, I didn't really get that. That's impression. what I got from it. I don't know. I mean, uh, it, uh, how long ago did you watch it, and what? format did you watch it on i watched it in whatever the fuck format i could get it in about 10 years ago because i know that they had some issues with the transfers especially back in the vhs days from the film to the uh vhs because you really didn't get you you weren't able to get the the contrast because the film is a very dark shot it's dark and gritty um they did better when they did some of the blu-ray transfers so you could actually have like dark at night where it's not gray and it's super grainy so it could just be the way that you saw it, but Maybe. I know they did use some really grainy film for some of that. Um, and they do. They, they'll also mess with Carpenter himself. Yeah. I, my uh, Blu-ray of Assault on Precinct 13, oh, which that's, I, got, yeah. I got so excited about because I was really looking. such a terrible transfer. They, they totally teal-washed it. And it Ugh. it looks nothing like what wow. he actually uh, filmed. Now I feel that I like think some, about it. I yeah. saw a VHS version of uh, Prince of Darkness. Yeah, and it's it's gritty like that too. Yeah, yeah. it's the it's a it's just a bad transfer. Yeah. I, I watched the Blu-ray transfer uh, from a Scream Factory, and few people do. Yeah, that's one of the Blu-rays ones. and 4Ks better yeah, than yeah, them. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the better ones. Pre- I think it was like a, I don't know, I don't know what it was. Kino Lorber, something and like it was enjoyable watching in this format with this high definition because you do see the stuff you're not supposed to see on the screen, right? Uh, like it was a six million dollar movie; it was low budget, very low budget for and, that time. Yeah. And oh. they wanted to create computer graphics, so what mm. they did was create this uh, black uh, skyline of New York City, and then covered it all in fluorescent green outlining. And then put a black light over it, and then when they brought the camera in over it, it kind of looks like yeah. green computer image. But with Blu-ray, you can see the edges of the tape fraying in areas and so on. So it, it's, it's fun, uh, but it was effective, and I, I applaud them for that choice. To because you, know, you know it's the future; it's 1997. So yeah, <laughs> it 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 worked in the theaters too because I remember some people actually making the erroneous assumption that that's one of the first uses of computer graphics on uh, on the screen. And then Kirsty <clears throat> goes, no, it's well, not actually. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. 
So did I enjoy it? Yes. Uh, If I'm going to give it a, let's give it a percentage score. I would give this a 78%. Okay. All right. Solid. All right. Uh, Do I, is it uh, better than uh, other of his films? Yeah. Better than Ghost of Mars. But. uh, Low bar. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's certainly a product of its time as far as a lot of the acting choices as well as some of the set design and sure. and the way that it is shot, especially for a low-budget film. Um, one of the interesting things you said was talking about how you're, you know, the, the characters are very, you know, much tropes. Uh, one of the things I remember vividly, that one contrasted with Escape from L.A. is a lot of the characters in Escape from New York are playing it over the top but the character itself doesn't know they're doing it over the top. I think that's a major uh, difference between Escape from L.A. because it definitely feels like the characters know that they are playing everything over the top. Like, they're they're literally exaggerating everything, and that's the point. So that's that was what makes it a little bit more comical. Oh, the basketball uh, scene alone. Jesus, that fucking... Yeah, that's awful. Awful. <laughs> awful. Um, so thank you. That did fill that gap in my film history. I am a learned man now. I have seen all the films I need to see. Thank no. You. No? No. That's not no. how this ends. Oh. You've only no. begun. Oh, no. Once a month. Okay, fine. We put You've the poll out uh, for you. All Kofi members are available to go to the Discord to the Clockwork Torgo uh, page. I've put the poll of the first four films. Uh, I believe they are uh, Adventures in Baron Munchausen, uh, Nothing But Trouble, and uh, Crawl, and then uh, Hunt for Red October. These are mm. four films I've never seen. Mm. And uh, it seems to be something that all all four of those should fill a gap of some sort. Yeah. Although one of them does seem like a punishment. Just by people's description of it. Nothing but trouble is whatever. That's yeah. 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 But uh, hey, the, the poll's leaning in a certain direction. It really is. It looks like it's going to be a runaway. But I want to put it out there and give it a little Ooh. time for those who have not voted, haven't seen it yet. So go on the Kofi and put in your vote. Uh, but yeah, it looks like we do have a clear winner so far. But uh, could that change. could change. Could that change. could change. And that could be up to you. So uh, How put long in are you your vote. The poll open? I'm going to leave it up for a few days after this. Uh, podcast air yes. so probably <clears throat> by the next podcast i'll have i'll announce the choice sweet so, i gotta admit i really want you to watch hunt for red october i would it is love a good to hear movie. your it's a good movie opinion yeah on that, that, that but it's a good movie do we right. really want him to watch good movies no well Part i mean of the point is him watching films that he needs to have watched yes and some of those are good movies that eh. he has just skipped See, over the problem is that's a universally good movie <laughs> you know that's not a problem yeah, was, you know you're right he yeah. just needs to watch the film <laughs> Just shut up and watch the film. I mean, I want him to watch Crawl, but at the same time, I know he's going to hate it. Is it Crawl the Conqueror? I don't know. No, no, no. Have you not seen it? I have never seen it. Oh, boy. Because I had... (laughs) Watch Party, Barry. Watch Party. Watch Party. All of the ones that he just mentioned on that poll, I've never seen any of them. Oh, dude. Oh, it's a clockwork Deb. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You haven't seen uh, Hunt for Rod October? Sorry, I've seen that one. That's the only one I've seen. I was going to say, that's... That's the first rated R movie my parents actually took me to see. Oh, wow. Yeah. My, my, oh wow! Oh wow! Though let's let's open that up. Jeff, what was the first R-rated movie your parents took you to see? Uh, actually, my parents never took me to see an R-rated. Okay, yeah, was, what, that was the first one that you saw, probably uh, on Skinamax. Well, yeah, that's very possible. <laughs> yeah, but he had to squint his eyes, and like turn his in head, the, and in view the, the theaters. The first one I saw. Yeah, in the theater. In the theater. Huh. Mine's easy. Uh, one of the 
Nightmare on Elm Street films. My mom. Which one? I, I don't know. Those were R. Oh, yeah. Dude, fuck yeah, there are. Hmm. Dude going around chopping people up. Yeah, generally where it gets an R rating. That's true. I guess graphic Back in violence. those days. Yeah, now that's just a new. Yeah. Episode. Yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm honestly drawing a blank as far as Ooh. like the first R-rated f- movie I saw in the theaters. Now, on home video, that's an easy one. RoboCop. Okay. Uh, because I got to see it at a friend's house. That's something my parents would have never let me watch at home or at all if it was their choice. Did it ruin you? Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, the the scene where they're basically shooting up uh, Murphy, that's that's a tough scene to watch even that is today. Because it's, it's just, it's brutal. And even knowing the behind the scenes on how they did that, it's so goddamn realistic. Even the toxic waste scene yes, isn't as bad as that. that. Yeah, no, that oh, one, that's a keeper. That scene. Whoa. But really? yeah, when they're just shooting him up, it's yeah, it's in the audience I was in the toxic waste scene. Everybody laughed their asses. Yeah, off. it was fun. But but the, the, but the shooting scene. Oh, the shooting. The shooting. Yeah. I think for me, part of it, part of the shooting scene that made it so terrible. I mean, uh, what's his name sold it. So well, oh, I mean, the, the guy that plays Clarence Boddicker. No, well, no, not Peter Weller. I mean, Peter Weller. Uh, he, oh, yeah, he, yeah. He sells the suffering. Yes, he sells it well, which you're not prepared for. Yes. in that movie, right? You're 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 there for an action romp. Well, you're and not, then this yeah. is happening, and they're drawing it out, and you're just sort of like, ah, oh. and then yes, Kurtwood Smith. Yes, and, Kurtwood Smith and is phenomenal in that. Phenomenal, and does a. Um, they are so fucking callous and st- sadistic. Yeah, it's like it means nothing to them other yeah. than it's for their enjoyment. And it totally curls your hair. That was a rough uh, scene yeah, for it's, that Yeah, it's psychologically hard to watch and physically hard to watch because the makeup effects are so goddamn good, especially for 1987. Mm. It's just, yeah. I mean... And I, it's all practical, too. Yeah. So when... The things explode when the bullets hit. It's almost like you feel it. Mm. And then, of course, like you said, the way Peter Weller plays it, it's in. It's like the suffering increases as it goes on. Yeah, I mean, and you have the you have the toxic waste, which yep. is kind of a laugh off. When right. Ed, when Ed snaps, yeah. and and shoots that one guy, that's also a bit of a laugh off. Right. But in the midst of all this, there's that scene, which was just. Terrific. Yeah. yeah. Though, funny thing with Peter Weller, my favorite meme is goes around with Peter Weller is when he's 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 older, he's at a he's at like real Peter Weller, he's at a convention and this girl's taking a picture with him and he's got a she's got a shirt that says, Remember when Robocop shot that dude in the dick? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just hilarious. <clears throat> okay, what's a, what was your first R rated film? Saturday night fever ah. in the theaters. And it was really funny because that's kinda rough too. I wasn't I was not terribly old, right? I think I was 11, maybe going on 12. And I think it was 11. And the hilarious thing is we're watching this in the drive-in, my dad and I. And you, you the car over, you keep hearing this. And finally, my dad's like, Jesus Christ. And I'm like, what? And he's like, this guy has got to explain is explaining everything to his daughter (laughs) he had like a she was well she was younger than 11 and she he 
he uh, was uh, boy was she getting an education no boy. um because that movie there is some violence but it's mostly the sex and woof it was and sexual violence it is yeah. not yeah, just a dancing movie. yeah there's yeah, yeah. there's se- a fairly realistic portrayal of sexual assault in that yeah. film so it's which it's, is i think why it got the r because not much of the rest of the film well that and there's worthy of the r well they're f-bombs galore well yeah okay you only yes. need what like three now and yeah, back and back in the seventies, and even for the seventies, it was f bombs galore. I, I, you know, it's funny. I remember in film school when we were watch, uh, we were setting up to watch that film, uh, Saturday Night Fever, and the 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 professor actually said, "Look, there's some rough scenes in here. Um, if you need to get up and leave the room, that's fine." But I'm going to tell you right now, there's graphic portrayals of sexual violence. There's graphic portrayals of you know, it yeah. Just, you know, he went on with the, the the list of things. So, and you know, I still wasn't ready for it when I was. I was like, "Wow, no. okay." Yeah, I was a little young myself, and we got cable right around that time. And my parents didn't police anything, so well, I and, got smothered in a whole bunch of shit at a terribly young age. And and I didn't know that was an R-rated film until I was you know in my early twenties because. I had only seen the versions on TV. So they were oh, all edited wow. for television. It's a and dance it, movie. And when my, you know, I, and I still remember in my pop culture of the 70s class when the professor said we were going to be watching Saturday Night Fever, I'm like, that's not that special of a film, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he did bring up, he's like, now if you've only seen it on television, you have never seen the actual film because even after it was released in theaters, they did a cut-up version that they yeah. re-released in theaters that cut a lot of that stuff out. Yeah. So a lot of what people had seen after it premiered in 77 was not the full film. And then the generation growing up, you know, seeing it for the first time, like, say, in the early 80s on television, saw a very chopped-up version of yeah. the film. I would have loved it if he had not made that announcement. And just gone with it. If you need to leave, go ahead. And Jeff just sitting there like, why would, you need, why would you need to leave? And then just see him <laughs> oh. clockwork as he watches the movie. And he's, he's like, just what like, the fuck is this? <laughs> right. All right. Not, not as often as you'd have to leave watching Staying Alive, which you should leave from the beginning. Oh, God. <laughs> that is. I don't know if it's the worst sequel of all time, <laughs> but it's definitely in the top five. Yeah. Holy shit. Is that film bad? <laughs> My first rated R film was Stripes in the theater. My parents really? didn't nice. see that of all things. Um, I still to this day I'm not still not sure why. Uh, I, why I, it was rated there, R or why they took you to no, see I, it? No, I know why it was rated R. It's pretty damned obvious when you watch it. Um, <laughs> That's why my question. It must have been they couldn't have found a babysitter and like, oh, he's mature enough to uh, we'll handle this, him. and we'll yeah. just explain what necessary. And but I, I to this day he has a fetish for women in mud. Uh, <laughs> I'm a lean, mean fighting machine. <laughs> uh, well, that was a that was a fun little journey, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so again, for the next clockwork Torgo, put in your votes, and that will be the next uh, gap that I fill. Uh, I did take a little time to watch a few other movies. I decided to catch back up on the Marvel movies. I've, I've put it off long enough, uh, so I've watched now uh, Shang Chi and mm. uh, Eternals. Whoa. I was I was surprisingly 
surprising how much I enjoy The Eternals. I really liked that movie. Really? I, I, yeah, it's good. I, I think it's because it took such a different tact, a, yes. a different view yep. uh, of with time. It's kind of this whole thing that's happening in the background of all the other Marvel stuff. Plus, I like the craziness of Marvel Cosmic. Mm. Right. So mm. just, just having Sentinels in it alone... Not Sentinels. Uh, what are they called? Celestials. Celestials, Celestials in it alone. Just oh, oh, that that just made my my heart leap. So I really enjoyed that. And uh, but it, a it's, big it's, problem is you got that stone celestial yeah. poking out of the ground, and what, nobody comments on it. Uh, they did at the end of the movie. It was a news thing on it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the- I mean, in the rest of the Marvel <laughs> movies, didn't they reference it in She-Hulk? I don't know. I, don't I think, think they one of one of the. I, I have no. I'm just one of making the television- fun of Barry. Okay, I was gonna say one of the television shows I know. Do you kind of bring it, it in? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nobody likes you. <laughs> Your opinion is invalid. I thought he was dead to you. And uh, everything, everything. Yeah. And Shang Chi was a lot of fun. Uh, uh, visually, Shang Chi is gorgeous, especially it- with the if you get to see it. In the theater with the HDR that they had going on, okay. I know. I know on television it's not quite as unless you have a 4K with HDR. But the color palette that they used in Shang Chi in the theaters, oh my god, pretty, 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 it was pretty, pretty. very gorgeous. And I absolutely adore it when Chinese mythology is put on the screen, whether yeah. it's Big Trouble in Little China or Shang Chi. Yep, it just really tickles something inside of me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, when yeah, dude, when the the first time the the. Uh, the Shisa, the foo dogs, come trumping, bumping by. It was just like, <gasps> wow, fun, friggin' magical. Yeah. I could do without Aquafina. Oh, I thought she was great. I yeah. love her. Yeah. Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. She was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. But in this foo movie. No, I liked her in this too. What? It, it, she was the grounding presence for everything else happening around it. I thought oh, plucky, Barry. Uh, plucky comic relief. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. Plucky. I mean, I mean, sure. Maybe I have to see it again. I, 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 don't know. I don't think it's, well, I mean, I can see what you're saying. I don't blame that on her at all. I was just because there were a couple moments. I'm like, why? Why are they? They don't need this. Yeah. You don't need. Yeah. You don't need plucky comic relief. That's what. I, that's what I mean. And, no, and nothing against her. Yeah. I mean, she's who she is. She does what she does. But so I. I and she's also very successful at it too. Yes, Barry. That's what you need to. Yeah, fucker. People are. <laughs> I mean, I I get. Cat what, Williams is successful at what he does. I'm not watching his shit. What well, is, who but is see, he? that's the thing. I'm, I, I get why you would be annoyed by it, but until people stop watching that and it still stop, in, just until people stop enjoying that type of character, you're always going to get that type of character. It's, it's the audience's fault. Yes, the audience is listening. I don't know. Well, wait a minute. How does the audience? Oh, I don't want to get off on that. Never mind. <laughs> oh, no. How does the audience stop? anything i i don't i mean because a lot i just i don't i think they could have done the movie without that kind of tact for that character and they'd have been fine so i just anyway 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 but i love aquafina so speaking of what you love kate what'd you do uh Really? I, I, feel like I, ta- I feel like I take him like by surprise every time I ask I was. Him. What was the comment 40 <laughs> minutes later? And that's what I you did. You know yeah, this question's yeah, yeah. coming. Anyway, long story short, too late. <laughs> I watched uh, Serpico. And I bring it up because I haven't watched it since my parents and I watched it on cable way back in the 70s. Serpico is the true story of a New York cop who actually came forward in the 60s to expose corruption in New York City. 
on a level that heretofore had not been done. You had things like Tammany Hall and all that stuff, but in terms of policing, there was never a revelation like this was, and it was really transformative uh, in how a lot of things are dealt with. This isn't to say that corruption doesn't exist anymore, but... I was just going to say, it's like... Boy, things sure have changed in New York as far yeah. as the <laughs> but law but enforcement in terms of in terms concerned. of uh, optics, in terms of how how people approach things, and the big thing in Serpico was also we don't air out our dirty laundry, which totally changed. Now now there's always outside oversight, even even if police will still do cover ups and stuff. But it was interesting to watch this uh, young uh, Al Pacino. If I've got my timeline right, it's post Godfather One, but pre Godfather Two, and uh, it's a dazzling performance. He's amazing. It's also very interestingly shot. We were you're talking about that gritty John Carpenter feel. This one was very gritty. Sidney Lumet, Lumet. I don't know how it's pronounced. Gay. Uh, uh, a uh, director of his time, really really went for showing that that dirty, grimy New York City uh, that is really popular in the 70s. This was before the whole I love New York and, you know. Well, just, to be fair, New York in the 70s was yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. bad. Yeah, so, so it, was, it was really interesting. Interesting watching Pacino. And I'm sitting here watching this movie and I'm like, holy shitballs. This movie influenced me as a kid, and I didn't even know it. Really? Yeah, because uh, I was really young when I watched it. I I don't even know if I had a hit like ten, 10 years old yet. Lumet did like to go for that kind of that gritty, realistic yeah, look. He, did. he didn't want it to look like the bright, shiny, no. cinematic. Everything uh, was natural ev- lighting. Yes, exactly. And every, and then, and dark, and, and dirty, gritty. Always, always camera, always. Panning over mm-hmm. garbage and yes. grime and dirt. Things, and, things that would have been typically cleaned yeah. up for the oh, shooting. Yeah. He wanted that slice of life yes. feel. So I'm watching this, and there's one scene, because one of the things Serpico did is when he moved to plain clothes, he actually resisted getting his hair cut, shaving his face, because he was like, I want to interact with people on the street. I, I think we should like kind of like connect with them, look like them more. He grew his hair long. He had an earring, uh, which I never did. So, But it, it was so funny because one, one of his outfits is, you know the, the sailor hats that a regular, uh, regular run-of-the-mill sailors wear, that, that white hat with the, the turned-up brim? He folded it down and pull it over his head. So it's sort of like a beach hat. But it's very obviously a sailor hat that he kind of folded that way. I had a sailor hat that I used to wear that way. Seriously. And I was and I, I We need he, to get him another one of those. I remember that and I'm like <laughs> no. holy shit balls. I used to do that all the time. And then another outfit he had was those hippie Mexican blanket vests. It's it's a vest made out it like the Mexican blanket that's over in my uh, my uh, the TV knit, room, that knit style. Yeah, that 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 wool kind of knit style. And he had one, and I, my brother had one of those, and he had left it when he had left, and I wore it. I loved. We're gonna change your name that, to Commander that, Serpico. I was just like, holy shit! I didn't realize how much this. Yeah, but Serpico. He, he can't grow a beard. Serpico. I cannot. I cannot. That that 
that uh, I won't say the unfortunate word for Italians, but that Italian guy has really got me beat. Serp, uh, I think that is the thickest beard Pacino ever wore. I mean, that thing, you gray that up, he looks like fucking Santa Claus. He's just like black-haired Santa Claus. It's a thick beard. Yeah. But um, it was really amazing. I was just, I'm sitting here and I'm like, holy shit, I didn't realize. And it wow. was so yeah. funny because I hadn't thought of that for decades. For decades. But I remember watching the movie. I remember a lot from it. And it was it doing that, watching before my mom started getting really sick, and especially before she started having some real emotional issues. There were times when she and my dad and I, and uh, even when I was younger, my brother, we would watch movies, and there was a kind of effect and a kind of uh, just the the whole way we watched them together that. When I do this now, a lot of it comes back to me. Steve and I have watched a couple of old, shitty science fiction movies when he's visited. And I'm sitting there and I'll be like, oh my God, I watched this with my parents 45 years ago. I mean, just like forever ago and couldn't, didn't even remember it. But all these memories come flashing back and that's been... It's been incredible. So occasionally picking up something like that, like I did with Walking Tall two weeks before, has been interesting. Um, I haven't done a hell of a lot more. I've been watching Critical Role. They released their second season of Vox Machina, the animated series, on uh, Amazon, and that's been going along great. That's a great show, and it's fun D&D on the screen, so that's actually been cool. And I've been enjoying that. And those guys are doing a great job. Uh, the other thing I want to bring up is uh, the New Age, New Edge Sword and Sorcery magazine. So those of you who may have listened to the interview I did with Oliver Brackenbury, uh, who is the editor and publisher, the Kickstarter has started. Oh, has it? All right. They sold, they released and sold number zero a few months ago as a test. And now the Kickstarter has started for New Edge Sword and Sorcery. They are halfway into their Kickstarter. They've got, as of this recording, I think 16 days to go. They're two-thirds of the way to their goal, so they haven't met it yet. So if you have any interest whatsoever in uh, Sword and Sorcery, I ask you to go to the Kickstarter and look for New Edge Sword and Sorcery. Uh, they're going to be offering, of course, just PDF formats. There's a tier for just soft cover. There's also a tier for the hard cover. And uh, they do a good quality job making the magazine. What if you have an interest in sorcery but not sword? Uh, you still want to do it. Because, you know, it's funny. <laughs> Dude, you're laughing, but there, there are arguments on our Discord. Because some guys are like, oh, no, 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 the sorcery's got to be bad. And the, the protagonist has to be a swordsman who is fighting that sort of thing. And there's a lot of us who are like, no, 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 no. You can use some magic. And, you know, it, it, it really gets involved in terms of the definition of the genre. I love how nerdy that conversation so, is. That's yeah. awesome. I'm not even making fun. So, um, but also, I believe, if I'm remembering this correctly, and I didn't bring up the damn thing. I don't want to waste the time to look for it. 
uh, fantasy legend Michael Moorcock is going to be submitting a story in one of the wow. issues, issue one. Now, this is a Kickstarter for issues one and two. So please go take a look. If you have any interest whatsoever, take a look. Send it to friends who might have an interest. Spread the word. How old is Moorcock? Uh, he's oh, he's ancient, dude. He's in his uh, he's in his eighties, deep yeah. deep into his eighties. For those that don't going. know, Elric Moorcock, Elric of how do you say it? Melnibone. 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 See, I never knew how to say yeah. that. The I always just said Melnibone. Yeah, this is the guy who uh, who what? actually. That's how it looks. It sounds like my pronunciation. Yeah, <laughs> he. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he uh he's actually the guy uh, you know the uh, eight point the eight arrows radiating from a center point a chaos symbol. Yeah. He created that. Um Paul Anderson actually created the whole law chaos alignment as opposed to good and evil, but Moorcock actually took it to the next level. And of course it's always fun talking about Michael Moorcock. Because of his name, M O O R, not yes, M O R. Yes. And you know, like like the story goes, him and Philip K. Dick. You always want to talk about Moorcock and Dick when you're and talking Dick, about science yeah. fiction and fantasy. So, um, but guys, seriously, the this is these Philip are, on Dick. You can't take any more cock. <laughs> the, the jokes write themselves. Wow, they really do, actually. Uh, Michael, no, anyway. Um, <laughs> So if you have any interest in sword and sorcery, this is an all or nothing. Um, there will be no partial funding. So they need to hit their goal to do, uh, to even even do uh, the issues. They're not going to do a partial one issue or anything like that. Stretch goals will uh, bring in more art. Further stretch goals will actually pay creators more. More money will go to artists. More money will go to writers. So uh, please, please take a look at it and uh, sign up for it. As soon as I get paid on the 20th, I know I am. So uh, New Edge, new Sword edge. and Sorcery. We're putting a new edge on an old blade and come join us, please. And also, if you get a chance and you haven't already listened to the uh, Kofi release of uh, my interview with Oliver, look it up, uh, Kofi members, because... It was a fun interview. So nice. That's it. I like it. Make a long story short. Too late. Yeah, we got a bit of email. Before we go into that, uh, for all of you out there that might have physical mail to send to us, because occasionally you send it our way, uh, we have a new address. Yes, we do. You can send your wonderful things, and wonderful things only, please, to 213 North Stephanie Street, Suite G, number one eight nine Henderson, Nevada eight nine zero seven four, and that's also on the announcements in uh, the Discord. And if you're not on our Discord, we're going to put this on our website as yep, well in the contact section, so somewhere. So that's our new. If you send us something, that's where you send it. Especially for uh, what's going in my mouth, physical mail, or if you just want to send us cash, your mom's cookies cash is always good. Whatever. So we did get a little email. Mail, mail, we've got mail. That's all you get for free. And it was a little one, but but uh, short and <laughs> succinct, and I, I I like that. It's just right to the point. It says, suddenly someone is making a movie about your life. What is the title? What is the tagline? Matt, yours cannot be called Maple Leaf. I did nothing. That was sent to ah. us by Pat Spurl. So I, I like the question. So okay. 
movie about your life. What's the title? What's the tagline? Who wants to go first? I hate you all. The story of the Reverend Barry William Jonathan John Wayne Duke oh, Rob, Lord of Sealand, Laird of Glencoe, <laughs> Vlarg of Geek Shock, first to bear the name, and his suffering at the hands of Torgo the asshole. It's a very long tagline. It's a very long tag. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was the title. <laughs> <laughs> no, it wasn't just I hate you all, colon, that. I, ha- I thought it was hate you all, colon. <laughs> I hate your colon. <laughs> Deb, what's your movie? I don't know. Okay. I'll and go. Deb, a life unexamined, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> and Deb, I couldn't think of a tagline. And Deb, Barry's wrong. <laughs> That's pretty solid. That's pretty solid. The tagline is, when Barry thinks he's right, Deb tells him he's wrong. <laughs> Jeff, what's your movie? Uh, the, the, the title is Ex Falsis Astris. Oh, People basically, come running for that one. Uh, basically means from the false stars. And the reason I did that was because... Uh, your Philip fan. Glass movie? What the fuck? <laughs> Jeff's little fans. Because it, it's really a description of how much my life, uh, especially my formative years, were influenced by science fiction and uh, how it really kind of formed my opinions about what the real world is like. And Ponzi language, apparently. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Searchlight that's, that's, films, okay. <laughs> it's like, it's Latin, because, I mean, you know, in Star Trek, you know, the the uh, Starfleet Academy, it's ex asterisk scientia, you know, basically means from the star's knowledge. So um, that's why I kind of took a twist on that. No, I like it. And It's, uh, it's, it's fancy pants, I think. Yeah, and it's right up, you know, what right what you would expect from 80s Jeff, right? <laughs> Uh, mine is uh, my movie is called Betrayal, a love story, <laughs> <laughs> and its tagline is "I'm really not a Cylon." It's but a, really, you are. <laughs> yeah, you were in that one game, you bastard. Every game, but not this Always. game. Yeah. This game, I'm not a Cylon. Except uh-huh. the movie, uh, I think the movie should premiere the same way they did Clue. Yeah, <laughs> with like multiple endings. This is how it could have happened. Except, except this is how it really happened. In the He's multiple endings. Cylon. It's always Todd. It's always Todd. Okay, <laughs> yeah. what's your movie? Fugue, colon, an artist's pain is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline is, did he really need to go all thra- through that bullshit? <laughs> Find out. <laughs> it's a page turner. There's yeah. a lot of anger behind that. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be self-narrated. There you go. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah Deb you got something no <laughs> <laughs> then we'll go on the weekend geek I don't know she could oh, have wait. been you mean news yes yes oh then uh, <laughs> Deb what time is it <laughs> <laughs> I thought you abdicated the whole thing <laughs> turned it over to Barry. I thought you were giving me one more chance to think of a name for my movie I was like no <laughs> I don't have anything. Oh, what time is it then? News you don't give a shit about. Oh. <laughs> you were wrong. She had something and it's horrible. <laughs> it's even worse. Oh, my goodness. Your movie's going right to network TV. Ugh. <laughs> Lifetime. The Hallmark Channel. Ooh. O- Oxygen. Ooh. Even Free worse. Form. Oh, even worse. CMT. Univision. <laughs> <laughs> Same story, but with tacos. Porque. Yeah, 
I, I love how you dedicated to the bit. <laughs> tried, yeah. I tried. I didn't wavering a bit there. I didn't take a deep enough breath when from I the diaphragm. Bit, right? I know. From the diaphragm. Yeah, well, I wasn't so. gonna do it. Then I'm like, well, I'm doing it. So if you're gonna commit, you're gonna commit. Commit all the way. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Dawn of Ragnarok, and its composer Stephanie Ekonomu have won the first Grammy Award for Best Score Soundtrack for Video Games and Other Interactive Media. All right. The game score won over Austin Winterian, Aliens, Fireteam, Elite, Bear McCreary, and Call of Duty Vanguard, Richard Jacques, and the Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Christopher Tin and Old World. This okay. was the first year for this new category, but it's not the first time a video game has been nominated or won a Grammy. In 2011, Christopher Tin's Babu Yetu was the first song. Baba Yetu. I love it. It's my, one of my favorite Yetu, songs of Yetu, all time. Yetu, what was the not, very first? Not Baba Yaga? No. It's the very first video game song to win a Grammy. And it won for Best Arrangement, Instruments, and Vocals. It's awesome. It's phenomenal. And in 2012, Austin Wintry and Journey were nominated for the Grammy for Best Score Soundtrack for Visual Media, but they lost to Trent Reznor, obviously. Trent oh, Reznor. Yeah, of course. Um, for his work for The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the song he did for that. But. Yeah, so Assassin's Creed Valhalla won the very first award for a new category they have created. It's beat out Bear McCreary. Wow. Yeah. I, I don't know why this is a news that you don't give a shit about because this is actually, that 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 score is actually really good. Now, I like Bear McCreary a lot, but that uh, Ragnarok score is really fantastic. So I haven't played I love Assassin's Creed films because they're mm-hmm. the kind of films, uh, games. They're like the, the games that I yeah. enjoy playing. The yeah, films, the films. films are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, the games. Um, well, they're practically films nowadays. nowadays. Just interactive. But when there's actually a film, yeah, right. it tends to suck. Yeah, yeah well, yeah. But no, I do, I do like how, if you've never played an Assassin's Creed, uh, I almost did it again. I almost called it a film. Game. You got the Torgo disease. Uh-huh. Um, Gross. You kind of... <laughs> <laughs> gonna ooze all over there's, the floor. There's no cure. Oh dear. You're gonna itch. And there's places. mayonnaise all over the hot dog. Yes. Oh. With American cheese. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> American <laughs> cheese. You didn't hear me say that earlier? No. <laughs> <laughs> they were all American laughing too hard. Cheese. Apparently, it gets yeah, worse. So. <laughs> Why? Oh yes, it melts well. It I does mean, not belong <laughs> on a hot dog. I, I, I could have accepted the mayo, but you lost me at the American cheese. The worst cheese out there. Oh the worst. Worst. Ah, pun. Yeah. Ah, hot dog joke. Points. Anyway. Oh, although, uh, with this award, I appreciate that it's finally here. Should have been here ages ago. Yeah, ages oh, no. Well, ages. And, and what's fascinating is uh, I know Microsoft had a big push to get the Grammys to include. Uh, video game scores because everybody was raving about the Halo score 22 mm. years ago. Yeah. And they could not get the Grammys to accept that it was a form, some, you know, yeah. a form yeah. of, of artwork that would be worthy of a Grammy. Even though I remember that score vividly when oh, I heard it for yeah. the first time. I got goosebumps the first time I heard it. And just even playing the game as that score is playing in the background, you're just, it draws you in and it felt like a theatrical experience the way that that, that score was, yeah. you know, infused in the whole game. 
I felt and the same got, way about uh, Red Dead Redemption. Too. Yeah, yeah. Red Dead Red Dead Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. So Redemption. I'm encouraged by the fact that they have now opened this up and made it a category that people have a legitimate chance at winning now because a lot of musicians, a lot of composers have put a lot of time and effort into these scores over the last 20-something-odd years, and they really have not gotten the recognition other than from the fans. Right. But now that the industry is starting to recognize that that's a good step. Yeah, but like Todd said, it's the 65th Grammy Awards. Yeah, I know. Like, why did it take this long? It should have been the 45th Grammy Awards. Award shows are bullshit. It should have been well, the second. Well, that's true, too. And that's Award the other shows are this is in this I mean, category. come on. Grammys. Remember when they gave the Grammy to Jethro fucking Tull for metal? They, they will never live you. that down. No. <laughs> but, um... Jethro yeah, Tull deserved a Grammy, but not for metal album. No, for no. flute, well, yes. Yeah. There's, there's also the fact that the score for Pong was really... Well, it was very, it was very stripped down. Mm. It was a very minimalistic score, yeah. but Beep. effective. Yeah. It kept the tension up. That was a that's perfect rendition, Barry. We appreciate it. It goes faster. Oh boy, is are we going to get a copyright strike now because this is so close? Yeah, because I don't know. Was that in that was called one zero? That was the Atari breaking. That would be funny if that actually was a song. One zero. News you don't give a shit about. Streaming some streaming services can and will unceremoniously remove any series from their library at the drop of a hat. Netflix will be removing Arrested Development from their platform on March 14th. While Netflix absolutely depleted Arrested Development's value with the production of the dismal fourth and fifth seasons, all of the seasons have been available for viewing on the platform and allowing viewers to relish in the delightfully funny seasons one through three, which were done while they were on Fox. But after reviving the series once canceled by Fox, they canceled the show and decided to remove it entirely from the platform. Some think it an odd move considering that not only the show's cult popularity, I mean, it still has a huge following nowadays. It's a decent comedy show. Um, but its place, it actually was the first series to bear the Netflix original label that Netflix produced. Hmm. So. I never got into the show. I just, I don't know. Something, I, I tried watching it while it was on Fox. I just couldn't get into it. I don't know if has anybody else in the room here. Well, you you said it was one of the, your favorites, didn't you, Barry? Uh, it it was, yeah. I I really enjoyed that 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 show because it, it was a and someone else said this is this isn't me. It was a smart show about dumb people, yeah. like the same way I like uh, Always Sunny. Uh, whereas shit like Big Bang Theory is a dumb show about <laughs> smart people. <laughs> Agree to disagree. <laughs> For dumb people, <laughs> who who are the heads of their particular science fields? Uh huh. Uh huh. I think Barry doesn't like it because it's too sitcommy. It's too much like the it '90s is, sitcom. It is very think, sitcom written. That is I, for yeah. sure. And it I was. Think. It takes all nerd culture and shits on it. I think it Barry hates it because it's too on the nose. It is absolutely <laughs> not on the nose. Somebody is a little too close. In to fact, those it was. It was one of the last. As you sit across TV from audience. me in this place where nerd threw up. <laughs> I'm looking around the room. Uh, There's a pe- lot of nerd here. So glass houses, up. sir. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Mr. <laughs> Lightsaber Wall. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> 
<laughs> All my wall has is uh, pirate bathroom plates <laughs> and, <laughs> and football <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Boy, you talk nerd, and he suddenly becomes Sly Stallone. Oh, listener, I'm sure that was pleasant to hear. <laughs> I'm sure. I hate Big Bang Theory. I know you do. You've you've minced no words about that. It's one. crap. <laughs> Fight me. <laughs> There are what? smaller things to fight you over. Yeah. Oh, and he will take you up on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wait, smaller? Th- what? Ketchup. Yeah. Mayonnaise, you don't put ketchup on mashed potatoes. Fight me. Well, I agree with you on that one. My whole family does that. <laughs> Your whole family is wrong. And I have told them as Jesus such. Christ. You we also never, don't put your, ketchup on steak. Does your family have... We don't do that. Does it, do they have stock in Heinz or something? <laughs> no. More, more no. importantly, do they chain Barry outside when you visit? <laughs> I try. Okay, I made He's a- an outside boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love that so much. That was awesome, that. Jeff. That was points, good. points for Jeff, everybody. Yeah. If you're if you're playing at home, drink. <laughs> When our nephews came over to our house and I made them hot dogs, I, again, with the hot dog talk, uh, I they wanted ketchup. I said, no, you don't want ketchup. I tried to convince them that they don't want ketchup, short of saying, grow the fuck up, you little bastards. They're kids. Kids. Are, I, so never, I said, short of that. I didn't say, be a man, put mustard in your shit. There is no gonna, ketchup. But you're no, never going to convince that. a kid that they don't want what they ask you for. Especially when they're like six and eight years old. Yeah, <laughs> Grow up, you little shit. I want that t-shirt. Put some mustard in your shit, you little bastard. Oh, outside cool, boyfriend. Yeah, I think we got another sticker t-shirt. There. <laughs> yeah, I'll just be chained up to a, to a doghouse. You got to whisper it, too. Outside, outside. <laughs> What else you got? My breath. <laughs> you, you people what make me smoke. What do you mean, you people? I mean, you. And by smoke, he means chomp on a gelatin cigarette. Yes. I like my that candy cigarette. so good for you. Beefy. Mm. Yeah. Beef gelatin. <laughs> Newts you don't give a shit about. Well, there's more. Yes. All right. Illumination has taken its promotion of the Super Mario Brothers movie to the next level. Oh, what have they done? They have launched a website and a commercial... Promoting the Brothers New York City plumbing business. So on the website, okay. it actually has, they did a, cor- a like a commercial for Hire the Mario Brothers for your plumbing. And um, the jingle, the song that is playing on the commercial is the theme song from the 1989 Super Mario Brothers Super Show. Oh, get behind that. Um, the website also features humorous testimonials, job opportunities, and even a working phone number. So you can call it. And it plays a recorded message by the Charlie Day voice Luigi, which provides a sample of his performance as the Green Glad sidekick. Um, texting the number returns a message, which, depending on when you sent it, may return a digital poster for the movie. So that's how that's they're fun. they're like super promoting the it's, film. It's right like now. if Ghostbusters put their uh, their low budget commercial on for their advertising for the movie. I yeah. gotta dig yeah. that. Yeah. I actually have seen uh, one trailer. I'm I'm actually interested. No, oh. I'm actually like I'll watch this movie. Wait a minute, this is the one with the Chris Pratt voice, right? Yes, I suppose. Yeah. I'm, you know, it, hating a Chris Pratt voice in a movie is a little too hip for me. 
So I'm not trying to be hip. I'm just yeah. saying. Uh-huh. Don't don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> won't won't quite get there, will you? <laughs> you're an, you're an outside podcast host. <laughs> That's an insult. <laughs> I love that. That's precious. Oh, Jeff unlocked something. <laughs> and it wasn't even an achievement. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a legacy board game. That's what I got. Oh, then let's do Weekend Geek. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Qualifier. According to Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige, Feige, Feige. Marvel's going to start spacing out their films and putting out fewer movies per year in phases five and six. During an interview with EW, he said, I do think one of the powerful aspects of being at Marvel Studios is having these films and shows hit the zeitgeist. It is harder to hit the zeitgeist when there's so much product out there and so much quote unquote content. But we want Marvel Studios and the MCU projects to really stand out and stand above. So people will see that as we get further into phase five and six, the pace at which we're putting out Disney Plus shows will change so they can each get a chance to shine, unquote. And when asked specifically about the pacing, if he means spacing them out or putting out fewer shows per year, Feige replied, both, I think. So what do you think about a slowed down pace? I don't like it. Of Marvel? I don't like it. I don't like it. Well, he's he's specifically talking about the the theatrical releases, right? No. He's, he's talking pe- about both. both. Okay. Yeah. Because I did find that slowing down the cinematic releases in favor of the enhanced storytelling that you get by the Disney Plus series. I agree with that. I liked that yeah. a lot yeah. because it really felt like you got more involved in the overarching universe <clears throat> by the ability to have that extended viewing of the stories they were trying to tell on the Disney Plus series. And because I, I, I remember feeling that going into Shang-Chi because even though that's nearly a three hour film, not quite, I think it's like two hours and like 40 minutes or something like that. Um, it's a great story, but it also felt like it could have been fleshed out a little bit yeah. more. Yes, it was very compressed. And I remember thinking exactly the opposite, watching both Hawkeye and She-Hulk, is that here you have a lot more story being told. You get a lot more deep dive into these characters and how they got to be where they are. And you can have more of those little moments. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. make it fun. I think uh, the problem is media saturation and attention span. My attention span has shrunk over the years, as has everyone else's. On the web right now, you have like, less than three seconds to get your point across or people click away and if you release less stuff i'm gonna look elsewhere for my entertainment and not remember or care about what was happening in the marvel universe well and also i mean we have been doing this a lot where we there's like huge gaps in between shows that we're waiting for and so i feel like you know it would be nice if they paced them out they're not, I mean, even now on Disney Plus, for example, we really, both of us, I watch some other stuff on there, but we really only watch the Star Wars stuff and the Marvel stuff. That's it. And this year, at least, we're getting three Star Wars shows. Thank God. Um, but Marvel is, what, four? But nothing is showing right now except Bad Batch. It's just Bad Batch. And then 
Mandalorian's going to show, and that'll only be, what, like eight weeks, six weeks? And then Ahsoka's not until the end of the year. Right. And a couple of the other Marvel shows aren't until the end of the year. So then you have like, I almost feel like... You could cancel it for a while. Well, they, but... Like with Paramount, right? They should just pace them out better. They're kind yeah, of... You know? I mean, well, and, and also with the amount of material they had been producing over the last few years, it did kind of feel oversaturated. You know, I, I still love the films. I still like going to them. But I also felt like you could do maybe two or three Marvel films a year instead of four or five. Uh, and the reason I say that is because even though it sucks waiting for something to come out, I feel like I appreciated it more when I had more time between those things. Like between, say, the first Avengers film, the second, and then going into the Infinity War and uh, Endgame sagas. So, you know, there's that something to be said about, you know, time making you fonder for the things that you're wanting to go see. So that's just kind of my take on it. But but I do also, like I said, like the, the idea of, you know, maybe you get two Marvel films a year, but you get a couple of right. Disney Plus series in the year to, quote unquote, tide you over. So anyway. I don't know. I, I kind of like a... I like the whole bunch of movies. I like a full <laughs> slate, man. Yeah, I, I, I actually it didn't bother me so. Well, and, this, it, it, and it is interesting, too, because you are starting to see fan fatigue, which might be also are why we? they're doing that, because they are seeing fewer returns on the... I mean, they're still racking up record numbers when these theatrical releases, but they're also seeing... Fewer people are going to see them the opening weekend. They're waiting until the second weekend, et cetera, or they're waiting for it to come out on Disney Plus. So maybe that's another reason they're approaching it this way. I also wonder if uh, higher up, beyond Feige, uh, maybe it's not just Marvel competing with itself. Yeah, like, it, like like Barry said about media saturation, because mm-hmm. you've got Disney worrying about Star Wars. Well, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I was, it's funny you said that because I was literally about to say it could be also Disney competing with Disney. Yeah. It is. It because partially, yeah. I, I probably yeah. some. Well, now they've got, you know, <clears throat> they have been trying to incorporate those universes more into the theme parks, right? right? So you've got Star Wars lands in a couple of the parks. You have Marvel lands yep. in a couple of the parks. They And they are looking to expand into other of their movie franchises into Avatar. new into new lands in theme parks. And so they don't want to burn people out because they're trying to draw them into the theme parks, which is like the base structure of their company uh, long-term. So they want them to stay interested and relevant. Well, yeah, Encanto is a perfect example because that was, for Disney, it was a surprise hit. They thought it would be popular, but they had no idea it was going to be as popular as it is. And they are trying to work that into Disneyland, I believe at California Adventure, if I'm not the mistaken. House, yeah, I think you can like they're trying yeah. to build the house so you can yeah, visit exactly. the house and stuff. Yeah. So getting more of their original IP into the parks to attract a wider audience, I think is smart. Yeah, I do too. And I also think it is, like you said, Kay, it's Disney competing against Disney. Yeah. If they're if they're quote unquote oversaturating the market with Marvel products are people going to want to watch as much of the Star Wars 
or as much as the Disney original or the storylines, the animated. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, uh, or even Pixar <clears throat> films. Pixar yeah. films are starting to see. I'm not going to call it market fatigue, but they're starting to see uh, numbers aren't as strong for some of the uh, the more recent Pixar films. And I don't think it's because that the the films aren't that good because they have been good. I think it's because there's so much other content competing for people's attention. Yes, there is. And uh, there's James, the James Gunn factor. Yes. Because they really haven't had to compete with anyone else right. for the superhero genre. Right. And that should. It's not a slam dunk, no. but it's as close as you can get. He's got a long mm. uphill battle. Yeah, and it. but DC should actually start becoming competitive in a few years, and maybe they're, Marvel's realizing let's... Let's not be. Let's not collide with that. Well, even Feige thinks it's a positive thing that Gunn is taking well, over. Well, well, because all, he's got, uh, yeah. you know, oh, somebody gonna... that he highly respects now being a quote unquote competitor. Right, well, they're all going to say that. Well, yeah. well, yeah. And, and, well. I don't. I, I think a rising I think, tide I think lifts being sincere. all yes. boats. Yeah, think... no one's saying, oh. That person who's going to the movies now has to choose between the DC right. film and the Marvel film. That's never going to happen. They're going to go to both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no, I agree with what Jeff said is oversaturation of the market in general because even just 20 years ago, mm-hmm. you didn't have streaming services putting out films or TV. Yeah. You had still just major networks and some a handful of the paid cable networks and movies to the screen. That was it. Like now you have, I don't even know how many streaming services and all of those streaming services are making their own shows and their own tele, their own TV and all of it is competing against everybody else all at the same time. So you also have a huge market now that you have to appease that before they had five choices so they'd see your film. Now there's 50 choices so they may not see your film. Yeah, and mm. and Disney buying up so many different properties probably <laughs> caught up with them that the, maybe to the point that they didn't realize, "Oh, hey, if we own everything, how are we going to make any money?" Right. Yeah, yeah, how are we going to make any money when we're constantly having to put, you know, a Marvel film in the theater, a Disney original animated film, and a Star Wars product yeah. in the theater, yeah. and then you know, where is the box office going to go when we have right. three of our own films in the theater? Or they'll they'll be dancing a merry jig yeah. to make sure none, that doesn't happen. Right, exactly. Which will be kind of crazy. I, you know, uh, I actually don't know the economics of it. Where is the revenue for Disney? Is it in the parks? Is the parks parks bigger? is still the primary? Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's gone. It's it's become so. Under Chapek, it had gone down a bit, mm-hmm. but now that Iger's taken over, they're starting to see more revenue come back from the parks, but the parks had always been okay. the primary revenue yeah. generator. I kind of thought so, because one of the things that's always surprised me, uh, given given its outsized cultural influence, is Hollywood is big, right? but it's not as big no. as you, as you like, yeah. knee-jerk assume. Like I remember one time I was researching just the... Uh, the video game industry, which is stupid huge, yeah, it's but tens it's, of billions, right? And and then and, and only a handful of studios produce that content. And and uh, Hollywood is actually just billions. In yeah. fact, Hollywood, the NFL, and I think there's one uh, maybe Major League Baseball. All of those combined don't make it to what video games. Does, no, which is just how huge well, it was. You're talking about a worldwide market too, right? Yeah, yeah. So some of those things you just brought up are only popular in the United States, really. Well, yeah, yeah, but the big Hollywood ones will. I mean, 
almost always when we have a blockbuster, North American grosses like a third. It's true. Right? The, the, the world does actually double what North America will do. But I was just, you just, you tend to forget just how, you know, uh, how much money or how much money is not as there as you would think and how thing other things are bigger so i was curious about the parks because yeah i remember reading the thing about chapek and everything and they were talking about the parks is where it's at <clears throat> so that's where you got to make sure your shit's in line yeah well and they're going to be the things that that last you know the test of time they will be here hopefully for decades and decades and decades and your kids 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 will go you know what i mean right and yes. also yeah it, and also they even though it's everything's under the big Disney umbrella, they're all operated as separate entities. Yes. So Marvel Studios is operated separately from uh, Lucasfilm, which is operated separately from Pixar, and then you know Disney Animation, right. and, and then the parks. It's, it's just all sure. Well, and they just restructured yeah. too, so they have yeah, like exactly. Three, yeah, I just I remember reading that right. recently. I was just curious about that. They're but putting yeah. more focus on the parks too. Yeah, I I personally I myself. And uh, I mean, I'm personally with Barry. I'm not oversaturated at all. I could I could have a Marvel movie every fucking month. I yep. I really don't care. Only if if he had talked more about we don't want to creatively spend ourselves. Maybe I could, you know, we don't want to make yeah. so many movies that, that we're starting bad. to lose quality. Yeah. yeah. But he didn't do that. No, I, I noticed that you yeah. did not go there. Nope. So it's like they're making good movies. These are superheroes. This is what I've wanted since, you know, forever. And we're getting story progression. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, you know, it was just like, well, the disappointment when Star Wars scaled back. I mean, remember back when, you know, back in... 2005, when we were like, we're going to get a Star Wars movie every year for the rest of our lives. <laughs> oh, wow. You know? And that fell apart, just too bad. But, uh, you know, that, that was just one Star Wars movie. Now yeah. it's Star Wars television. Frankly, which is I, I love I love the movies, but yeah, frankly, Star Wars television. Oh, it's well, that's you, creatively. It's, oh, that's you can yeah. tell the story that you need to tell. Yeah, in Star Wars. Ex yeah. yeah. and they exactly they, creatively. It's light creatively, years beyond it just, it, what it, the movies. You know, I, I mean, I'm not a sequel hater, but I gotta admit the TV shows <laughs> blow. They blow oh, so much Andor's away. Andor's so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, so good. I I love, and that's just like you said, Andor. That's creatively they went in a completely different direction yeah and it's it's almost more star wars than like the sequel trilogy that we got well yeah, because it, it's it's original it's creative Cassian and it's dark as rogue fuck. one yeah rogue one yes. maybe that's why it was one of my favorite yeah, yeah. maybe yeah. that's why Hit it out of the park uh feige uh it's feige. <laughs> fucker said what he said Limiting it so that they're not forced to make too much to the point where they start making prequels to shit. I hate Maybe. prequels. It's like, okay, I can't think of anything, so let's tell the story of how we got here. Right. I don't fucking care. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean, I, 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 that was one of the reasons why I was surprised at being pleased at Andor. Because it's like, ah, heavy We've side. already heard the we, story, yeah. We, we know where we this know is happens. going. We know what happens to the guy. But it's really good, but though. But it's so well executed, I'm not caring. But yeah, you're... I, it the, the whole prequel... And it's it's so funny, because it's pre... Um, you mentioned, Todd, you mentioned the chapter of 
Escape from New York. You know, that's sort of, and I seem to remember there was talk of, uh, at one point, of like a Snake Plissken prequel. Not just a sequel. But like oh, to yeah, show yeah. you his life before. Exactly. And I think that it's really funny how a lot of these franchises, they produce something not quite in media res, but it character. They give the character so much backstory, they end up, wow, there's there's a lot we could tell there. And they, they decide to want to do it. But at the same time, it's like, we already, we know, this guy's going to die. This guy died two years ago. I don't care if this is 10 years earlier. Just, you know. It rarely works well. Andor works great. Yes. But it rarely yeah. works well. Yeah. Well, Andor works so well, and so did Rogue One work so well, because it's not a true prequel. It's an kind of a, what else is going on in this universe mm -hmm. that led you yeah. up to. Sure. Rogue One. Rogue One, for sure. Which oh, yeah. was the Skywalker Which was saga. once again surprising. Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, good. We're going to see the shit that leads up to the original Star Wars. Well, we don't know how that turns out at all, do we? And then it turned out to be Vietnam in space. And it was like, yeah. holy shit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Platoon in space. Wow. It was great. <clears throat> what were we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Feige. Feige. Feige putting on the brakes. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right. So, putting on the brakes. But fortunately, his job has been saved. <laughs> Was it ever in oh, Jeopardy? Yeah. yeah, well, actually, yeah. Uh, apparently, Bob Iger, back in oh. uh, 2015, saved... 15? 2015. I thought this was a recent, recent story. Too. Well, it, it, it's recent in the fact that it's only eight years ago, but... Only? Ah. I, I was just a young. It was it was fairly early in the Marvel. It was fairly early in the Marvel. I had to dial Marvel my yeah. home on a rotary yeah. telephone. Yeah, because uh, I, I guess 2015. What was what was then? Uh, well, that was Dinosaurs. when you still had the the um, the kind of everything was under Isaac Perlmutter. Oh, that stuff. And well, yeah, that Perlmutter was a... didn't like Feige. He didn't like the direction he was taking Marvel. Um, God I, forbid it well, should I be think, successful. I think he felt a little threatened by the fact that he was much more successful <laughs> yeah. with the films. And to be fair, Perlmutter, be fair, yeah. Perlmutter is an asshole. So there's that. <laughs> to be fair. So yeah, uh, apparently Perlmutter <laughs> tried to get... Right. I do remember that fired. struggle. I do remember that struggle. Of course, I will say this much for your story, Jeff. I don't recall it in terms of Feige was on the line. Well, I just remember that's the thing. It was it was only recently yeah. revealed that Perlmutter was pushing hard to get him fired, and yeah. Bob Iger stepped in and said, "No, yeah, he's staying where he's at." Well, good the kid thing. stays in the picture because he's fucking yeah. crazy. I mean, you know, you've got it. Well, Perlmutter is Perlmutter. Some people I mean, care yeah. about nobody but themselves. I know. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just... Well, because Perlmutter was basically the head of Marvel as far as, like, the comics the as comics well as the TV. And, and the TV. And the TV And it was element. the TV movie tension. I remember yep. all of that. And But it went beyond that because he, according to this article, Perlmutter felt like Feige was taking it too far away from the comic source material and too far away from what they were trying to do with television, well, et cetera. Well, he was, and there well, was he a wasn't, reason. He wasn't. He there was, was a reason He for was that. staying true to the heart yes. of the stories. Which is part of the success yes. of the movies. Exactly. Is that he was very true to it, but he still... He still, still made it something original and yes, different. Yes, yes. And uh, I, I, apparently Perlmutter and the guy right below him were 
not happy not, with not that. Abby Arad. Uh, no, it wasn't Abby Arad. I, I forget the guy's name. I'd have to look up the article. But it's it's a really fascinating Stanley! read. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> What, what's your Perlmutter? Write to us. Comments what? at geekshockpodcast.com. Dude, what do you think? What? What? We just went off on that for like 20 minutes, for Christ's <laughs> sake. <laughs> wow. And I want to thank our tier two foot long chili dog Kofi members. With Mike. no mayonnaise. <laughs> With mayo and American cheese. Oh, Blech. why do you have to insult our, our supporters like that? <laughs> Mike M, Mama Ninja Scoop, Heidi Johnson, David Hydebreyer, Scoop Bucky, Aaron Esquire, Minty Scoop, Two is One, Leon Mitt, and Mr. Sticky Pants. And of course, our Tier 4 members, King Vol, Deb T, David Farrar, J.R. Conkle, and Tier 5 members, Jeff Harris, Ozzie Matt, Mad Martron, Glumly, and Atomic Gumby. And of course, I want to welcome our brand new Tier 3 member, Leon Cox. Thank you for joining up with us. And King Vol, once again, for your... Again? Yay! Yeah. King Vol, what kind Listen. of hot dogs do they have in Norway? Ah, yes. Yeah. Are they made of fish? They're taco They're hot more dogs. Like I have a feeling this conversation will continue on the Discord. Just <laughs> oh, a feeling. By the way, Deb, yes. I checked it out, and you were, your uh, guess was correct. The, uh, the Norwegian uh, record second place for tacos is per capita. It is not raw taco tonnage. So... That's got to be. I'm glad we clarified that. <laughs> I I was like, I, I think it's just sheer number of tacos. But boy, Norway's, they don't got a lot of people. So I was sort of like, hmm. So I looked it up, and yeah, it's per cap. So is it just like one guy eating a ton of tacos? <laughs> actually, is, it, is it Kingvald? King, yeah, really. <laughs> Kingvald actually commented, it's stupid how much his people love tacos. So apparently yeah. it is fucking big. So it's the Texas of Europe. Um, <laughs> that's I don't know I don't think that's a, I don't think that's the compliment you think it is. Oh <laughs> man, it's, it's fighting yeah, word. Um, wow, not Serbia. For tacos, I'm not talking the... about tacos only. Tacos only. Tacos are you sure are, that's not Poland? That is <laughs> hey, all I'm talking hey, about. I need, to, I need to break down that whole statement. So, in terms of tacos, Norway is the Texas of Europe. I want that on like a T-shirt. Yeah, boy, we are just cranking out the content tonight. <laughs> And now we get no more one-offs from I'm going to chisel that on your tombstone. It did not mean it. Anyway. Norway <laughs> is the Texas mm-hmm. of Europe. I think the tombstone should be the recipe for the hot dog. No, that'll be what causes it. <laughs> That's what I, I actually be, I'm beginning to. Let, let us name the movie of Dead's Life, since she won't do it. Because right now, that's not what I meant. Is really kind of standing out as a as a title, or at least uh, the, 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 the tagline. tagline. The tagline after the colon. I'm, I'm behind the title colon. Yeah. <laughs> title colon. That's not what I meant. <laughs> oh, dude. That's a, that's a, that is a great dead movie right there. <laughs> In a world. <laughs> Where Norway is the Texas of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cowpoke, you coming with me? We having the tacos now, yeah. So what Where is it? Dog- still Taco Tuesday in Norway, or is it just like Taco a, a different day of the week? Yeah, really. Like Taco Thursday. Well, well, they they might say Thursday. Thursday. Taco Thursday. Yeah, in a world Let's, where they eat tacos on Thursday. Let's go get hammered on tacos. Yeah, where the worst is German, but the cheese is American because <laughs> it melts well. 
<laughs> and mayonnaise. May you enjoy and it. Sharp cheddar is just a dream. <laughs> a special thank you to our theme song creator, Sam Hefferton. <laughs> that song's called The Burning Light. You can find his music at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. And of course, you dear listener, however you have your dogs is fine by us. Well, Wait, what? Wow. <laughs> what is this? Us Put shit. some mustard on your shit, mustard. you little bastard. And if you're new to the show, a few episodes ago, we talked a lot about pizza. So you might want to also uh, listen yeah. to that. This is episode. quickly becoming Foodcast. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I think it's the post Christmas. We're trying to lose some pounds. Slump. So we just talk Who? about food. Who is trying to lose anything? Me. 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 You, you know what? I'll let you do the work for me. Give me your share. Only because wow. my doctor says Hey, now, so. uh-huh. we could send you celery in the mail now. No. No, you can't. And you're going to eat all of it. What's going in Todd's no, mouth? No. Celery. No, it's not. And With mustard. peanut butter. Okay. Now, now you've made a pal- pal- Low fat peanut butter. mayo and ketchup. Ew. Yeah. Oh, good. Finally got an ew out of Deb. <laughs> Until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Ketchup K. Mustard Vlarg. And Deb. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. With mustard. Mm. Yeah. Is is What would be the absolute worst thing to put on a hot dog? Oh, Jesus. Absolute worst. Still a food. You can't, like, say cockroaches. Fish. It's, it's, yeah. What? The Ludmilla Sunrise. Fish. Forget. Why would you put a... Why would you even think is that? that because it's the worst thing I can put on a hot dog. Oh, you mean like standard? Yeah, I'm talking hot dog topping. Put a topping on a hot dog. Fish! If it's a standard hot dog topping, it's not going to be that bad. The worst thing I think to put on a hot dog is ketchup. If you're thinking about a standard topping. I'm kind of with mustard. I mean mayo. Oh, wow. Mayo on the K's laid it down. Mayo on the. What was the one you said earlier? Chocolate sauce? That's not. Holy oh, yeah, no, hot balls. dogs are savory. See? They're not meant to be sweet. Right there. Uh, Vegemite. I think that would be horrible on a hot dog. Oh, wow. God, Vegemite yeah. is horrible on anything. Now, what's worse, Vegemite or Marmite? They're kind of the same They're different. Thing. They're different. I, I, they have very different flavor profiles. Yeah, we're going to get letters. But know. they're both yeasty. Yeah. One is very, very popular in England, and the other is very popular in Australia. Indeed. Yes. Oh. And both horrible on a hot dog. Yeah. My, um, my sister's okay wife loves Marmite on toast. Like, she will just spread it on toast. Well, and some eat people it like are broken. Yeah. 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 That's gross. Wow. I think Some Vegemite's think worse, it's though. Gross, but really? it's really great yeah. on toast. Yeah. 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 Marmite is good for a, a spackle, I guess. That's uh, caulking. Yeah. Nutella's great, though. Nutella's amazing. But not on a hot dog. Not on a hot dog. I was going to say, not on a hot dog. <laughs> on toast. Hot dogs are savory. They're not sweet. Yeah. My nephews will eat Nutella. They'll eat, like, it, instead of peanut butter on a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, oh, they'll sure. have Nutella and jelly sandwich. Well, that's that's common. Instead. Now, yeah. do they that. put the jelly on the Nutella, or do they put it on <laughs> the other piece of yep. bread? Yes, no, thank you. I got it. Crazy asshole. <laughs> peanut butter and Nutella. There you go. But you have to spread the Nutella on top of the peanut butter with a nice How would layer you eat that, though? of your, marmite. You, in your between. mouth would be so stuck to itself. Peanut butter. That's and why you put. Uh, that's why you uh, put a slice of American cheese between uh, them. Uh, finds a way. <laughs> there you go. I actually had. Uh, people shouldn't be allowed in kitchens. A hamburger with with peanut dead. butter. Oh, that's yeah. yeah. I, I have two. It's, that sounds it's, like an Elvis thing. So it's, it's peanut, actually peanut butter, bacon, and bananas on a hamburger, and that's it an was Elvis surprisingly thing. good. Yeah, well, I know it's Elvis. it's yeah. very similar to his fried peanut butter and banana sandwich, but yeah. it was surprisingly good right. on a hamburger. I, I was, was very surprised at how how it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, and this place that I had it, they actually, they actually made their own peanut butter too. Oh, fascinating! Uh, so, yeah, was, uh, barco- was it barcode? Because yes. barcode did the, the, the it, they bring it back around every 
Oh. So often, but it's called the Elvis. Yeah, well, if it's you're not careful, place. you're going to bring it back it's around. It's Burkhardt's mm-hmm. burger place in, in, in Vegas. It's really good they burgers. Real really pricey, good. though. Well, but they're worth it. Yeah, yeah. So, but you pay uh, for quality, Barry, that's which is right. why we pay you nothing. What, you ah. know, quality to <sighs> taste? Quant, what, what? Price to taste. Price to price taste. taste. Barry price is priced to taste. <laughs> Barry is priced to taste. Yeah. No. Wow. Nobody's paying for that. That's some no. discount shit, right? You're right. There. It's, it's free and we can't give it away. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you.